Ooh, I like the dotty ones. Spot one. Yeah. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. He's a cute one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We could just talk about bags all day. <laughs> you can see our enthusiasm, can't you? <laughs> that's where it actually starts. You are listening to An Environment for Change, an eight-part series looking at some of the many people in the Mount Alexander Shire who are working to combat climate change and promote sustainable living. These are local people who are working towards changing our habits so we can all move forward into a vibrant, healthy and sustainable future. In today's episode of An Environment for Change, I'm speaking with Ginny Thomas about the Castlemaine branch of Boomerang Bags. Boomerang Bags is now a global movement, but it started in 2013 in Burley Heads, Queensland. Two young women, Tanya Potts, a permaculturalist and an aeroplane pilot, and Jordan DeBoer, an environmental scientist and keen surfer, got together to think about how to eliminate plastic bags in their community. They came up with a solution of free, easily accessible cloth bags made from repurposed fabric. The concept was that people would be able to borrow these bags from boxes held at local shops, use them instead of the plastic bags at the shops, and then bring them back and return them to the box so that other people can use them. Hence the name Boomerang Bags. As neither of them could sew, they did a call out for fabric and volunteers and soon had an active community of bag makers. The idea spread, and since 2013 when they started, there are now over 745 boomerang bag groups around the world. They're across Australia, America, Europe, and in places like Dubai and Iceland, and in Castlemaine. Ginny Thomas initiated a Castlemaine branch of boomerang bags in early 2017. You may have seen the wooden stands outside some shops in Castlemaine with the cloth bags and their distinctive Boomerang logo. I met up with Ginny at a shed in Campbell's Creek that has been donated to Boomerang bags so that they can have a permanent place to sew and store their fabrics and all of their bits and pieces. So what was the actual process like of starting the group and getting people involved? So we started looking at Boomerang bags in January of 2017 and then we started sewing probably another three, four months after. So how I got people involved was actually through Facebook. Isn't that powerful? Right at the start, we had a meeting and we got about 20 people turn up at the meeting in Botanical Gardens. And a, a few people, you know, put up their hands to do different jobs. Some people wanted it to be very structured, but I think it, it has worked this year so far on a very casual basis of a very horizontal type of structure where everybody just do everything. Kasumei, I find, is very warm-hearted community and people care. So it wasn't very hard. It actually took off faster than I thought. There are people who were, so it started off with lots of donation of fabric because everybody said, this is a great idea. I've got fabric sitting in my cupboards. Why would I want it sitting in the cupboard when I could make good use of it? So we start off with donation. Then we start off people saying that I can cut fabric, I can house the fabric. Uh, Friars Town came up and says, look, you can come and make it your sewing hub. You know, we've got a school, Friars Town School. Mm. It doesn't get used. We're going to put on solar panels so, you know, there would be enough power. So it was just a contribution of different ideas from different people and people wanting to do something with whatever skills they have. But we still need money. Then I thought, well, we need some money to buy uh, the screen for printing the logo for the pockets. 
And so I put a Facebook bag and auction off a few bags that I've sold <laughs> as a raffle to get funds to buy our first screen which was $75 but I think I got 100 bucks from the raffle ticket and a few people got a, a bag from you know things that I've sewn up so that was our first fundraising and after that we got a bit more ambitious and we went in for a grant and Mass got uh, auspices for, for that and we got a thousand dollars from Mar Alexander Shire Council and mm-hmm. then we felt really rich <laughs> and then we got a bit more cleverer and we went and approached the artist market once a month and uh, we managed to get a store for free because it's fundraising and we sold some more bags and uh, we got feel a bit richer <laughs> and therefore we got money to buy things like for the sewing machine so a lot of fabric was donated so we didn't need any fabric but we need things to sew with yeah and then there were the library donated um photocopying services and so did uh, lisa chester in bendigo she, she donated quite a lot of um, photocopying as well. And then local businesses around town supported us. Some helped us to be drop-off points, like the shoe connection from Daigo has been our drop-off points. And a lot of other businesses as well have you know, cheered us on. Yeah, And Dale from Studio Antique donated a lot of time and, and some screen printing and quite a bit of paint for us as well for the pockets screen printed our first lot of pockets because we didn't know how to screen print then <laughs> so out from the money from the grant uh, that we got from the Shire Council we we paid ADR carpentry to build some boxes at cost price so for six months we worked really hard I think I was just looking at us like taking one step at a time so I wasn't looking to say in 12 months this is what I want to achieve or whatever it is what I was focused on uh, was actually just getting the message across to everybody making sure that the back does its work that's meant to do did you have to approach them and say hey we'd like to use your model we want to be part of your movement why didn't you just start your own version here so uh, when I heard about this I thought yes we could start with our own movement but why do that when they're already so well marketed? Because to have a project take off, you also uh, have to involve marketing and have an established name. So all the hard work is done. Why start from scratch something that someone's already done? You know, and this way too, we support a whole movement, bring it to the world. So you know, so lo- so we tailor it to our local touch. But in the end, we want to be part of a big change. We don't want to be changing just Casamain, we want to have a change that is much bigger than Casamain. What have you felt as an individual about the global situation and how did that lead to you initiating Boomerang Bags? So when I was leaving the city, I don't think so. I actually see anything with... I, I know that climate change is happening and it's awful thing, but I don't actually see with such clarity what is actually happening until I moved to the countryside. So when I move in the country, I see uh, the land, I see the trees, and I'm thinking this is so beautiful. And then I realized that this would be gone, probably not in my lifetime, but it would be gone if we continue to live the way we are, because there's no way we can sustain it. I become aware from how where food source is, you know, how hard it is to plant some vegetable to eat <laughs> uh, without rainwater, without this. So I become more aware. I become aware of the source of our food. I become. I start keeping animals, which I've never done before, and I I become 
connected to them. I see their intelligence. I see their responses. And so they're really not very far from where, what we are. You know, they are closer. They're more like us than what we think because we like to distance ourselves from our food source and not think that, you know, they're animals with ability to feel pain. And then therefore I changed my way because of, you know, how beautiful it is. And I just want thinking how fast in such a short time we've destroyed all of this. I look at the history of the mining in Kasamein and I see how quickly all the topsoil is destroyed. And, you know, for something metal called gold that some people put value on, but really, it's just really another metal. It's what we put value on, you know. So what do we value? So it wakened me to think, what do you actually really value? And I've got kids, you know, my kids were growing up, running around the countryside. And I just look at them, I say, what do I want to live for them? What do I want to teach them? And what do I want to teach them that it's okay to be greedy and to use whatever you want? Or do I want to teach them to value life, you know, what we've got? So this is actually what motivates my change. So I am very new to this, but I'm passionate about it because it hits a chord in me. It hits somewhere in me that, you know, how ancient this land is and how we've abused it. So how did all of this that you've been thinking and feeling about the environment and sustainability and climate change lead you to starting Boomerang Bags? I actually initially have this idea that I started repairing sewing machine. I learned how to sew, sew with Julie. And when I started learning how to sew, I was really frustrated because I thought, how can I sew if I don't understand how that machine works? So I bought a $25 sewing machine from the op shop and I pulled it apart, literally pulled it apart. And I learned about that machine and I got fascinated with my machine. And I just thought, hey, these machines are all going to the tip. What if I repair all this machine and get about five or six and get people that needing job? So I have this idea that the, there are current refugees in Bendigo. A lot of them had skills because they are they come from a culture that is very rich in creativity and uh, making things. And a lot of them, because of language barrier, have to stay at home because they are, don't have the confidence to go out. So I have this idea that I would like to have enterprise where people can just sew and let out their creativity and make things. And then we can sell this and then we have the money and we can put it back into the community or into them, you know, and, and create an, a big, big ripple effect. So... My friend that saw this post about boomerang bags in uh, Kasamania thought that would be a good idea because we could start doing this here in Kasamain. So I haven't been sewing that long. I've probably only been sewing two or three years. But I care about plastic bags, so it just seems like something just falls into place. How many people do you have volunteering to make to sew bags? Volunteering, we would probably have 20 people, uh, pretty active either cutting material or helping to sew bags or printing or be involved with um, events um, and then probably another uh, 20 that I could call on at any point in time. And can I ask what the gender ratio is of your volunteers? Oh, yes, I want to have more men 
involved. There's not enough men involved. There is. So my husband is very supportive. So that's what. And also, um, we have woofers coming through our hobby farm. And a lot of the uh, woofers from Europe, they are, a few of the men learn how to sew and they're really excited and they love doing it. So Repair Cafe, there's also one guy that learned how to sew when we were running the sessions there. So I'm sure there are men that would find it really interesting and want to sew bags or you know actually just to learn how to sew as a skill and uh, things that they can do so men out there we want you <laughs> <laughs> but, but really your answer is of your 20 regular volunteers and your 20 on top of that who are occasional who you could call on almost all are women and my ever supportive husband that's permanently there um that's it that's mostly women and i don't know why i was able to speak to one of Ginny's volunteer sewers jen about her experience as a sewer for boomerang bags i just want to ask you jen uh first of all how long have you been sewing with boomerang bags and then also what made you want to join in well i've been sewing probably about two months now i said to Ginny, can you just show me how it's done. She goes, oh, so, yeah, okay. Some people like to do it this way. Da, da. And I'm like, no, Jenny, just show me how you like it done. So that day I learned how to sew a boomerang bag. Are you a sewer in your own time? Did you already know how to sew? Yes, yes. I wouldn't call myself a, an advanced or expert sewer, but I know enough of the basics uh, from when my mum taught me when I was a teenager and um, to, to just, yeah, get on with it. What made you want to contribute to boomerang bags? Well, I've been using my own bag in supermarket. I'm not perfect, but I do have uh, a bag that I've had in my handbag for six years. So I'm quite proud of that. I want to see how long that bag will last. I like to volunteer in the community and I don't know, I guess I was looking for something, uh, another cause that I can follow. And I have also been to a couple of meetings with um, Lucinda on uh, her campaign for Plastic Bag Free Castlemaine. And, um, and yeah, I'm right behind it. And I think that you know, it fulfills a few things for me in my, you know, creative, you know, making something that is going to be, um, you know, going back into the community, but also good for the environment. You know, and, and also, you know, it just gives me something to do with my hands. I'm sort of not one to sit still and just sort of be idle. So if um, partner's cooking dinner and, you know, that time of the night, I'll, I'll usually just sort of um, put a record on and sew. And it's, that's a nice way to spend an evening. As an individual in a small town in central Victoria, looking at the state of the world with climate change and sustainability and, you know, the amount of waste that's produced, but also the amount of pollution and all of the, the big picture stuff, sometimes it can feel really overwhelming. How do you feel about that stuff? And do you feel like sewing for boomerang bags is just a little bit that you can do to help? Yeah. Well, here's an example. I, I went into a, let's say, a large department store in Bendigo uh, last week to buy my son some jeans. And when I went to the counter to make the purchase, they automatically gave me a plastic bag. And I said, oh, no, I don't need a bag. I'll just carry them. And he said, oh, we're never going to get rid of our plastic. We'll never stop giving out plastic bags. And I said, well, look, if that's the policy now, if that's their view now, that's okay, but I'm refusing a bag because it's the customer's behaviour that will ultimately change business's behaviour. And, yeah, and I felt really good for saying that and I'm saying that more to businesses. And and then the other example is, you know, when I'm in a super, local supermarket, when I get to the counter and I say, oh, no, I've got my bag, you know, because you've got to be quick. And often, well, not all the time, but let's say half the time, their reaction, their face lights up 
and say, oh, good on you. You know, and they might not say good on you, but you can see that they're pleased that this um, behaviour is starting to show more and more. And I think this is how change will happen. Mm. And we're sewing the bags. I feel like, oh, can we keep up? Can we keep up? When I first started, I'd sewed five bags in one week. And I'm like, yeah, if I can keep sewing five bags a week. But I think on average, I can probably do 10 bags in three weeks. And But I've he- heard that people do more than that. Yeah. So I'm here um, at Boomerang Bags today to pick up my next kit. So I'm really hoping that uh, I get some more pretty <laughs> bags to sew because that will motivate me too, to <laughs> keep sewing. I was curious just how many hours it took to make something like boomerang bags happen, given that everyone who worked for it was a volunteer. Would you be able to estimate how many bags you've sewn and also how many hours of volunteer time have been given in the last year? So I would average, i say, consistently at least two days a week. And how many bags I've sewn? I think my sewing skill is not my strongest forte. I'm probably good at organising and promoting and, you know, make information. That's where my strengths come in. But Boomerang Bags, uh, Casamain alone, would have sewn 2,000 bags within the year. So we get about like 40, 50 bags sewn per week at that rate. And personally for me, I only managed to sew three bags in an hour. And then there's time for cutting as well and picking up the fabrics and distributing the the kits to the people and there's about three diehard sewer that would constantly churn them out they are amazing they churn out 20 bags a week so these are the, our ones that constantly work really hard just sewing doing nothing just sewing and then we've got a few layers of people doing different things so there's always a very fluid movement of people you know sometimes we have people go on holiday and somebody else will step in but I know that Marianne will have put in consistently at least a three to four hours a day, just cutting and you know matching the fabric. That's why we're getting such lovely bags <laughs> because there's you know somebody creative that likes quilting, and for them that is also they're able to do something that's close to quilting, you know, but for a course. So you and your volunteers worked really hard for six months, getting everything ready, sewing a lot of bags and getting the boxes ready to put out the front of the shops so that you could launch and actually have the bags on the streets. How did it feel at that time? So for the launch, it was really exciting because it was like, you know, all of a sudden you thought, this is actually happening, you know, this is becoming real. So we got the chat Wobblers involved. Jane Thompson wrote a song and the chat Wobbler perform it at the launch. One bag return, two bags return, three bags return, four bags return, five bags return, six bags return, seven, seven bags return, one bag return, two bags return, three bags return, four bags return, five bags return, six bags return, seven, seven bags return. Say your bags, reuse them, reuse them, reuse them. Save your bags, reuse them, boomerang your bags. Save your bags, reuse them, reuse them, reuse them. Save your bags, reuse them, boomerang your bags. No plastic bags in our waterways, our waterways, our waterways. No plastic bags in our waterways, they go to the sea. 
So that was a song written by Jane Thompson for the Boomerang Bags launch in June last year. It was sung by the Chat Warblers. You're listening to An Environment for Change on Main FM 94.9. Today I'm talking to Ginny Thomas, who has started the Castlemaine branch of Boomerang Bags and has been running it since the start of 2017. So tell me a year on, what's, what's changed for you about Boomerang Bags? So we have, I think we produce almost uh, 2,000 bags now. And the thing has changed is probably uh, the plastic bag bands have come in. And a lot of people are more, much more aware and supermarkets are actually taking up the ban. Even though Victoria has, you know, the legislation haven't come in yet. So what we would like to see now is... Uh, when last year we were giving away, or when I say giving away, we were putting lots of bags in the boxes and people were borrowing it, but the borrowing never got returned. <laughs> so I think we have to change the way we're doing things. So we are now probably looking at stocking the supermarket with some bags and actually putting a cost to the bag. A few reasons why we do this. One is because whoever 
has the bag now feel that they own the bag they can wash they can keep it they can do whatever they want and our volunteers would actually know where it is so they feel like they are not just sewing bags and seeing the bags disappear so that was one of the concerns the other concern was would the bag be clean this way we don't have to worry about who's going to wash the bag whoever owns the bag will then just wash it and keep it however they want it but we're going to put a price on it for a few reasons one of the reasons is there is a cost involved in bag production and when someone goes to the supermarket and buy a bag for one dollar someone else is bearing a cost because it obviously takes longer it takes about an hour to cut a bag, sew out a bag, and uh, this is, you know, through volunteers. Mm-hmm. So surely, it, you know, you can't be paid just a dollar for your labours for an, an hour's work. So what you're saying is that somewhere along the line, there are people really not getting paid enough when you buy that one dollar bag. Correct, correct. And also, then you look at water that's needed to produce the cotton, the chemicals, to bleach them and everything. So there's environmental costs. Whereas the bags that we use are actually recycled materials. So when we receive it, we are keeping all this out of the tip or rubbish dump or whatever you call it. So there's a few purpose involved. Let's go back a little bit, back to when you first started. We were talking just before, and you said that one of the differences is that now that the state governments and, and everyone seems to be all about getting rid of the plastic bags, but when you first started, that wasn't the case. So what was your goals back then? The goals was to encourage people to use those bags so that they know that there's using cloth bags are actually not you know there was a fear to u- change from plastic bag to cloth bags and then so now that if they've sampled that cloth bag is actually very very good for use and uh, we still we are always constantly wanting people to use a boomerang bag because then it provokes somebody to talk about why you're using a boomerang bag and therefore opens up conversations mm. about sustainability environmental damage mm. Uh, and this is one of the key things to do. So when you started, it was very much about changing the culture and, and it was all about you, you had volunteers and you had donated fabric and it was all about trying to raise people's awareness and change the culture, whereas now you're seeing it slightly differently and potentially building in sustainability for you guys in how you're producing them so that you could go on for a few years? Yes, so there is an added layer involved as well. And this is a very good community project because it brings people together, you know, come have a chat, upskill themselves on a sewing, you know, and, uh, you know, just to feel good that they can do something. Mm-hmm. So to keep that motivation going, yeah. we do have to change our way we distribute the bags. Yeah, yeah. And also the good thing is it's an added layer because once there's money, we firstly, the first criteria is we use it for whatever's needed to keep boomerang back going. And any excess goes into community project. Like the recent project that we did, which was we invited kids and family, school holiday, it's a school holiday project, and they, they don't, don't have to pay a lot of money to have, you know, the kids entertain and actually having fun with fabric and some a bit of pain. We had a lot of white pillowcases that we saved from landfill, uh, donated to us by the Geelong Hospital. So these kids come in, they're given paint or tie-dye or you know dye or fabric dye and they just have fun with natural things like leaves, uh, potato printing, all kinds of things that they have. 
we had fun, you know, teaching them different ways to decorate a, a white piece of fabric. And now we've got, instead of just white pillowcases, we've got really decorative pieces of work of art that we can sew into boomerang bags. So win-win. <laughs> and did the kids get to keep a bag or uh, did they get to take home something from their day? Yes. So they have a choice. They can take uh, whatever they decorate home with them or they can leave it for us to sew up a bag. So some kids are really excited because they are going to be on the lookout on the streets to see who is going to be using their bag. <laughs> There's going to be a festival in Dalesford, a big festival uh, about you know living well. And they've ordered 200 bags from Boomerang Bags at $5 each, which means that out of these bags that you know, our volunteers have sewn and people have donated, we would have a fund. So out of this fund, we probably wouldn't use a lot of that money because we are quite good with whatever we've got now. So we probably toss our idea for someone to suggest what, how the community can benefit from this money yeah, that yeah. we would be receiving. Yeah. And so we'll constantly use it for that kind of purpose or either towards school to run, uh, get speakers or film for school so that they can be more uh, continuously teach the kids about a sustainable way of living and protecting our environment. That's great. So any money that comes in, you still remain a volunteer organisation, but you will just create projects that can help the community understand the need for reusable bags and anything linked to boomerang bags, really, if you do get paid for the bags. Yes, boomerang bags or anything that's, you know, to do with education or environmental issues. Yes. So it is trying to create a bigger ripple effect than just replacing plastic bag. So the purpose is to make sure that the ripple effect from what we do as you know, the non-profit group, that we have the biggest ripple effect we can have and not just replace plastic bag. How many single-use plastic bags can a single boomerang bag replace? New figures that say there's up to 700. And I know that I've been using bags that for two years now and they still look you know, as new as the day I, I first started using. So I would say I would get another f- at least three more years life out of those bags. And... Uh, if you work out how many shopping bags you use in a week, which is amazing, you're like using at least five to ten, you know, it depends on how frequently you shop. And there's a lot of bags that you're replacing. So 700, I would say, would be quite realistic too. So one boomerang bag replaces 700 single-use plastic bags easily. And so far we've distributed about coming close to 2,000 bags. So say, just assuming 10 plastic bags a week and we've distributed close to 2,000 bags. So we are talking in Kasmin alone, we are replacing over a million bags in this one year alone. So that's a lot of bags. That is a lot of bags. I'm quite impressed by those figures. Um, So for people who struggle to remember their bags, Ginny and Jen, both of you, can you tell me what your personal methods are for always remembering to have your bag on hand? So the trick to remembering the bag is actually putting the bags in the car as part of the unpacking process of your grocery, not seeing it as before I go out the door and I grab the bag. So that's my trick, is basically when I finish unpacking uh, all the grocery, I grab the bags and I chuck it in the car, and then I say, that's um, my unpacking done. And how many bags do you keep in your car? I So I have about at least 10 bags in each car. And I use those bags for fruits and vegetables as well. The reason why is because some of those bags that are made from recycled 
linen. The linen are pretty thin, so that carries no weight as, at all. So I don't have to use a mesh bag. I just put the fruits and vegetables in that bag. Uh, when I go to the counter, I would weigh each of them differently and pop it into that same bag. So I have a bag for vegetable, I have a bag for fruits. And the ones with vegetable, I just pop it straight into the fridge and it keeps the vegetable fresh because there's no sweating. So it's actually better than a plastic bag. And it stays there and I use it once I finish using all the vegetable. I take the boomerang bag out, I chuck it into the washing machine with all my linen tea towels and all the other bags and it comes up nice, fresh and clean. It smells good. <laughs> and then I repeat the process of going shopping with those boomerang bags again. So I don't have issue of anything sweaty vegetable that goes off really quickly. I don't have dirty, smelly plastic bags. I have fresh bags that I can use for the life of the vegetable and it keeps it fresher. I have been in the habit of when I unload my groceries, I put my, well, I call it a recycle bag, um, which sort of folds up really neatly, um, and put it into my uh, handbag straight away so that I am in that habit of um, not sort of grabbing bags at the last minute. But I do also do that. I, as much as I can I run, when I run out of the door, I do grab a couple of boomerang bags um, that are sort of hanging on the doorknob. So um, they are front of mind, uh, I guess because I'm also sewing them. <laughs> but I have my own stash and I could improve on that. Though I could have a stash in the car and I'll give them out to my partner if he's heading out too. You mentioned the smaller like fruit, fruit and veggie uh, bags. I've just had some mesh ones made by Kira Lee. She's a boomerang bagger and they are fantastic. They've got a little drawstring and, I, and they're um, so light and compact that I just, I, I've got about five of them in my bag. Mm-hmm. And um, if I do forget my boomerang bag, I've got those as well. And they, I can carry things in, the, in those. It doesn't have to be fruit and veggies. And then I'll carry them in my hand if I go shopping my family we'll take a few items each if we've forgotten our bag so I would so much rather do that than take a plastic bag. I personally keep a bag full of bags in the boot of the car and then as I unpack my shopping I have a basket in the kitchen where I put all of the boomerang bags once I've finished with them or the reusable bags and then once that's looking full I'm like I bet the car's low so I fill one of those bags with bags and then take it out to the car next time I go shopping. Mm. (laughs) And the other thing that uh, you know if we've been selling boomerang bags as well and then when we get the fun one of the things that I would like to do is have a door reminder to print out door reminders as well so you know like when you go to a hotel and it's you've got this thing that hangs in the doorknob that says, please make up my room. (laughs) So we thought we would print some that would say, please remember to take the bag. You know, it's like little drops of water. Eventually you wear that stone down. So we all collectively have to change our mind and say that it's not just one person, but it's one person making up the mess that would, you know, push the force for change. And that's how I started. And same with Boomerang Bag. It's the same kind of ethos that you know it's just one bag we you know everybody thinks that when they're chucking out one plastic bag ah it's just one single plastic bag you know and it's gone but in a week just just remember and then multiply that by how 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 many people are doing it in the whole world so it's significant so if we can do that much damage by just thinking it's one plastic bag we can reverse by saying that we are going to save that material from going to landfill we are going to change that one bag at a time
The head office of IGA is making everyone get rid of the single-use plastic bags. So is Woolies and Coles. Like, there's this big movement now to get rid of single-use plastic bags. But what they're replacing them with is a thicker plastic bag. And then other options that people have are kind of the square-bottomed reusable bags that are also often made out of a type of plastic. Mm. What, What are your feelings about those things? Um, I don't feel good about it because I don't think so. The, the cost involved is actually a lot. They are more costly than uh, those thin plastic bags. So you, you, for a person to use those bags, they really have to make a uh, big use out of it and, and use it you know, more than 50 times to come up to comparable to a, a very thin single plastic bag. So people have to be aware. But if someone's just going to use it and then it's get dirty after a third time and throw it out, it's actually a much bigger problem. So I think the cost for those bags should actually be much higher than what they're charging now. It is a b- bigger problem. I don't see it being a less problem. It just breaks my heart. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just we are too greedy with the resources we use all the time. You know, we have a problem that we have now because we're too greedy. We don't make use of what we already have. And and uh, we just want more and more and we're taking out more and more from the environment. And we're damaging the environment and that's, you know, you know, we in my lifetime, I wouldn't ever get to see the damage that would be done. But I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it because, you know, if you walk into any place, you don't leave rubbish behind. Even if you walk into McDonald's, you have to take your rubbish and put it in the bin. Why would you do that to in this earth that we live in that's so beautiful? Can't understand it. Environment. This has been an Environment for Change on Main FM 94.9. Today I've been speaking with Ginny Thomas, who has been facilitating the Castlemaine branch of Boomerang Bags, with guest appearances from Jen, one of Ginny's sewers. Now, Ginny tells me that they're always looking for more sewers. So no matter what level of experience you've got, you're very welcome. They have sewing machines you can use and they have people who can show you how to use sewing machines if you don't know how to use one, which would probably be my situation. They also are happy to accept people who would like to come and cut fabric or even just bake a cake and chat while everyone else does some sewing. So get involved. Boomerang Bags would love to see you. You you can contact Ginny via the Boomerang Bag Facebook page. This series has been made possible by a community grant from the Mount Alexander Shire Council. You can listen to this and other episodes of the series on the Main FM SoundCloud page. My name is Alison Hanley. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.